Sophia, what is true wisdom? Is it not in understanding our own ignorance? We find ourselves beneath the warm Athenian sun in the heart of Socrates' school of philosophy. It's the 5th century BC and Socrates, donned in a simple robe, is engaging his students in a profound discussion on the essence of knowledge and wisdom. Is it possible for us to truly know anything or are we forever bound by our own ignorance? Yeah, and welcome to Euronews Tech Talks, the podcast that explores the key elements shaping the digital landscape of Europe. I'm your host, James Thomas, and I'm back with my avatar, Jambino the Blue Elf, traveling between metaverses. Why did we decide to visit the Socratic school? Well, the reason behind it is the Greek philosopher emerged during our conversation about the benefits of learning in the metaverse. It is the return of Socrates, right? It's going to be about questioning each other, promoting critical thinking, building trust, building up the confidence of the students. And I think the teachers are going to have a role that is much more closer to the students. And I'm very hopeful that AI is actually, in the long term, going to make the teacher's job more interesting. According to the consulting firm Metaverse, there are over 400 million users in metaverses. However, 80% of them are younger than 16 and engage in playing video games. So, if you're not a teenager immersed in Roblox, Minecraft or Fortnite, you might be wondering what you're missing out on. We had a conversation with three experts in the field of VR education, in which they explained the advantages of learning various skills in 3D, from practicing a foreign language to preparing for a job interview. Let's have a listen. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining us for this Tech Talks episode. First of all, please introduce yourselves. Um, who are you and what do you do? Matt, let's start with you. Hi, it's great to be here. Um, I am Matt Sanders. Um, I'm the Director of Education and VR at Meta, and I am uh, overseeing our efforts to figure out how the metaverse can boost education and be a really positive thing in the education sector in the future. And Chris? Hi, everyone. I'm Chris Mallet. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Bodyswaps, and we are a company that is using metaverse technologies to help students and employees develop soft skills. Fantastic. And Alexander? Hi, I'm Alex Nick. I'm a director of Future Labs at GoStudent. GoStudent offers tutoring and uh, my job is to find out how can new technologies make learning better. Fantastic. So we're here today talking about the metaverse and VR education. So to start off with a very general question, um, why should I care about the metaverse? What does it have to do with me? Matt, why don't you take that first? 
Yeah, happy to. So I think it's worth sort of zooming out a little bit and just establishing uh, what the metaverse is. Um, it's a term that's bandied around a lot um, and means sort of different things to different people. You also hear similar technology called um, spatial computing, immersive technology, virtual reality. All these words sort of mean the same thing. And the way I think about it, uh, this technology, is that it's like the internet, but instead of looking at it on a screen, you are physically in it and it surrounds you. The other thing that it's really fantastic at doing is simulating real life situations. If you think about learning how to weld or plumb, you can do those things again and again and again until you have to practice them in a real world example. So anything that's about learning through doing rather than learning by reading a book is going to be really powerful in the metaverse. And what are the other advantages of learning in VR? So obviously you mentioned there the fact that it's simulating real life situations. So you can do it as many times as you want, basically, without kind of using real life resources. What are the other advantages that you can see of learning in VR? Maybe, Chris, we can go to you for that one. The easiest analogy is, is the flight simulator. VR is basically the, the, the same, except, you know, landing a plane, you're landing a job. Or, you know, you're not handling a storm, you're handling an angry uh, patient or customer. And what makes VR interesting for learning is first, it's engaging, right? You are immersed in the world. It's taking 100% of your audiovisual input. So it's not like having a laptop screen and TikTok on the side. The second thing is it's experiential. The third aspect is safety. The same way it doesn't matter if you crash in a flight simulator. It doesn't matter if you say the wrong thing in a simulated soft skills training with virtual humans. So combined... Engagement, experiential aspect and safety means that you learn faster, you learn better, and you're more confident to apply those skills in the real world. And do you have any kind of notable success stories or case studies, like concrete examples of where this has helped? Yeah, sure. So in job interview, for example, we've, we have a study that shows that learners who practice in virtual reality outperform those who practiced uh, in a mock interview with a career advisor uh, because they did it in their own time in total psychological safety. There are studies that showed that a VR for the treatment of PTSD leads to 25% greater reduction in symptoms versus traditional therapy. And the last one is, you might remember the shooting of a Walmart uh, in Texas three years ago. And the CEO of Walmart mentioned VR and VR training as a life-saving training that all the staff had received, really helped you during the shooting. So very broad application. There's no one size fits all. And Alex, do you have any stories from Go Student uh, in particular that you'd be able to share? We found that there's an amazing application of VR and metaverse technology when it comes to language learning. So to give you some context, we did a series of tests and interviews and, you know, talked to students and parents. And what we found was that the students, they learn really well grammar in school and vocabulary. But the two areas where they're struggling is, first of all, active speaking skills. And then the second one is self-confidence. And that makes sense because if you have 45 minutes in school, you have 30 other kids, how much active talking time do I really get in a school setting? And then secondly, if you are in front of 30 other people, let alone in puberty, it takes a lot of self-confidence and there's a lot of anxiety involved to talk in front of those 30 other people and then in another language and then, you know, try new words and sentences 
and that takes a lot. So we see a sweet spot actually, and we launched something called GoStudent VR, where we teleporting students into basically another country where in small groups they're learning speaking skills and doing so with confidence with other students all around the world. And we offer this in, in English and soon in Spanish. And Matt, how is Meta supporting the development of education in the metaverse? I think it's really important to say that actually Meta is not only the metaverse and uh, we don't see this as something that um, is just about Meta. It's much bigger than that. And actually being able to work with uh, pioneering companies that are really thinking about how does this technology get applied in the real world is really important for us. I think there's also a huge research piece. We still have to understand um, how to make this really as valuable as it can be. And we're supporting lots of academic um, research across Europe, actually. And then the other thing I think that we can really do to help is help people discover some of this content. So um, we've recently launched a content library for educators where they can go and see the sort of full range of content that they can use across education. Um, although I would say on that, a lot of people are building their own content. I was at the University of Glasgow a few weeks ago and I was sort of stood inside a, an intestine watching bacteria sort of fly towards me and having to release the right chemicals into the bloodstream to fight them. So there's some really exciting things going on and we're just really keen to support that and do what we can to help this this industry get off its feet. I guess this is more for Chris and Alex but who are using your respective platforms to learn like what who are your student bodies who are your student base? Um, I'm happy to go first I think interestingly enough we found success first where the gap in confidence is the greatest. So typically in further education in the UK, rather than at Oxford or Cambridge. Um, and the first use case that was really powerful is job interview training, is giving every student a way to practice safely where you're not in front of an adult or you're not in front of the other students. Um, and you can rehearse your answers again and again and get feedback in, in complete autonomy. And now what we're seeing is the idea of building up the confidence through safety, immersion, and repetition uh, has spread through uh, healthcare. So uh, preparing nurses to have conversation with, uh, with patients who are angry, which is a module we built with the Royal Society of Medicine, negotiation skills and conflict management for managers, and so on. So every difficult conversation that you don't want to mess up in the real world, you probably want to practice it in virtual reality. And the new capabilities of AI means that you can now have conversation with virtual humans that feel real and unique and personalized. And that makes this idea of a flight simulator for being a good human being something that's quite attractive. But is that, is that really developed then, this idea of speaking with an AI that can really replicate like a, you know, someone having a difficult conversation? It is, but we, that's very much at the frontier. And I think there's a lot of, of dangers here. So if you ask an AI, I would like to talk to a VR avatar of a surgeon, the AI might uh, 90 times out of 100 create a white male. So there's a lot of issues. AI is great if you say, please generate job interview conversations because I want to become a journalist at Euronews. All right, it can generate questions. But if you tell it, please generate a young female patient who's been misdiagnosed with breast cancer and whose husband is very angry, go. You start entering so many criteria that the AI can't handle in a way that will be systematically safe for the learner. And I think that's the fascinating era we're in right now is, is where do you draw the line between learning design that's led by the human versus personalized by the AI? And how can they best work together to create an experience that is the most personalized, but is also safe and unbiased? 
I really want to come back to that point, but first I'll just ask Alex, yeah, who, who's using GoStudent? Who's your kind of target audience base? Yeah, so um, GoStudent is for anybody who's going to school. Um, but having said that, for GoStudent VR, um, it's for 13 to 18-year-olds who want to go abroad and talk to a native speaker, right? So how do we prepare them for this? So we teleport them into 43 different scenarios. They're counting, uh, we're getting more by every month, and then they can practice this together with a native speaker in, in small groups. That's incredible. I was always a, a you know a student of letters and languages, but I remember being terrified of oral exams. In fact, I probably still would be, even though I'm supposed to be able to speak good French now that I live in Lyon. But um, uh, so that would have been incredibly helpful. So that's really revolutionary. I want to come back now to this idea of AI generating a white male for a surgeon, if you're asking it to generate a surgeon. Matt, what challenges are there for the metaverse in terms of, you know, making sure there's, there's inclusivity and making sure everyone is represented? I actually think there's some really powerful examples of VR being able to help there. So I grew up in the north of England, um, sort of a long, long way away from anywhere. My school wasn't going on school trips to museums and things like that in London. Actually, with this technology, we have a real ability to serve people educational opportunities, regardless of where they are and where they're growing up. So you can take a class of students from a university in Alabama to visit the uh, British Museum in London virtually, something they wouldn't be able to do in real life. I also think that being able to, um, and you see quite a lot of universities in the US um, doing this, being able to allow students who might be caregivers or can't actually afford the commute to campus to be able to take part in a virtual campus and engage with colleagues and other students in a really real and lifelike way, I think is really powerful. For me, the biggest ethical question is, does it work? And can we collectively show that using the metaverse in education is going to improve results, give people a better education? Alex, Chris, do you want to answer that question? Are you able to? If we can have a tool that helps just reach more kids and engage them, it's fantastic news. It also broadens the access to education, period. And that thing is a great hope. And on the question of the role of the teacher, I don't think for one second that AI will replace the teacher because you have to see what does a teacher do? They have several hats. They create lessons, they deliver lessons, they grade students, they generate the discussion between students, they provide some mentoring, they teach implicit skills like you know, listening and teamwork, etc. With AI, they're getting an assistant. So creating lessons and delivering them in ways that are super personalized and super fun, AI is going to help greatly, which leaves the teacher with the human relationship side. I'm sure many teachers would be very uh, grateful to hear that because I've got a few teachers in my family and I know how hard they work. They're, you know, like you say, they're always, what's it, marking, um, planning lessons. There's also that really important human side that you talk about. They're not just teachers, they're, they're like, they're, they work in pastoral care as well. They're kind of, they're caregivers in many ways. They're psychologists in many ways. So if, if AI really is going to help take a lot of the burden off them, I'm sure, yeah, that will really um, do them a great service and help them to, to foster these really other important facets of the work that they do. Alex, I was wondering if you could take a step back then and talk us through any other ethical considerations or potential challenges that we might have when using VR in education. Actually, um, from my perspective, whether it's VR or any other technology, the ethical considerations actually stay the same, right? And this is about data privacy. It's how do we select and train the best teachers? 
And then finally, you know, socioeconomic disparities. How do we make sure that everybody has a fair chance, everybody is able to learn, right? and regardless of what their parents' financial background is or in which country they are, what education system they have. And so VR, AI, or just maybe email or, you know, talking to parents, education and tech, it's always the same questions. How do you see the role of teachers evolving um, in a metaverse-driven education landscape? The role of teachers, they inspire students. They motivate them, right? They're a guide. And I think regardless whether it's VR or whatever it is, this technology should make their job easier and better. Uh, like you, uh, James, I come from a family of teachers. My sister is uh, a Spanish and a French teacher. And she told me, hey, Alex, like, you know, once a year, I dress up the classroom like a market in Marrakesh. And I pretend it's Marrakesh, but it's not really. So if I could use what the student has and really teleport them there, that would make so, my, my job so much better. I know the students would love it so much more. Right? And so I think the role of the teacher is really um, to motivate the students and excite them. And then it's our job to give them the right tools and the environments that make students learn best and where it doesn't feel like a chore to learn, but a joy to learn. Maybe, Chris, we can go to you for that one. If I can give a, a couple examples, sometimes it's not necessarily using VR or the metaverse to have a, a solo experience as a way to create a, a discussion. So I was talking to a university that uses um, an app called War Remains, which is about World War I, and another one called Notes on Blindness, which is about becoming blind. Back in the 90s when we were studying text in a book, maybe there was one photo. So there was no, no emotion attached to it. Now, if we've all been in that battle, and we can speak about it, of if we've all been in the shoes of someone who's progressively losing sight, it's so much more powerful to create a discussion in the real world. So it's not about disconnecting people, it's about giving them more things to talk about together. That really brings me on nicely to my next question, which, which is about like just sharing more examples of these sort of collaborative and, and social learning experiences that VR, uh, VR can facilitate in, in an educational setting. So Matt, are you able to sort of expand on that and give any more examples of, of, of how VR can do that? So there are actually two ways that people are sort of using VR in the classroom now. And one of those is for those solo experiences where you can give people the opportunity to do something that they couldn't do in the real world. But the other thing I think that is really important here is the technology is just going to get better and better and better. Alec talked earlier about um, that feeling of presence becoming more and more real as our avatars become more lifelike and like ourselves. The other big development is around um, what we call uh, mixed reality. And this is where you actually, you can see your real um, environment that you're stood in. You can see the other people that are around you, but your, um, your real world is full of virtual objects that you can all see and experience through your headset. So um, just, just last week, I was doing an experience that a company have built where um, you can unpack a virtual science kit and science lab on the desk in front of you. And as a group of people, you can manipulate those objects and test different things. Sometimes it will explode, but it doesn't matter because it's in VR. Um, and actually what that mixed reality does is it allows you to be in a virtual environment, but with others. And I think that's going to be really powerful in education. It also, by the way, speaks directly to this um, access point that we've already covered, because actually, if you can have an entire sort of million dollar science laboratory um, all inside your headset, that's going to really get over some of those barriers that, um, that schools and universities have with resources. When do you all think the metaverse is going to become mainstream? Because I feel we talk about it 
quite a lot. And I don't know if I'm just out of the loop. I feel that society at large or the larger society is still waiting to really see it become mainstream and we're using it all the time. Any of you have any insight on on when we're in a few years time, are we going to be having this interview again, but with all our avatars inside the metaverse? Should I go first? (laughs) I have a strong point of view on this. There's basically two things. One, the form factor. And secondly, the use case. This morning, I was at Meta's uh, Munich office opening, and they stated the goal that in 2030, there should be 1 billion people using the metaverse. And I think, first of all, the form factor needs to improve, right? So, for example, lighter, smaller, probably looking more like sunglasses, and the screen resolution needs to be better. And I think the use case that really is going to make the difference is productivity, right? The moment we can replace the monitor that we work on with a headset and we have this shelf space with us on which we can just work like anywhere, whether we're traveling or at home, that's probably when it will take hold in most households and the billion people are unreachable. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think the technology, um, we're just going to see it get better and better and better. And ultimately, the vision is that everything that you can do on your phone now, you will be able to do in a headset or a pair of glasses. We've set out a a five to 10 year vision for the metaverse becoming mainstream. But I think, as Alex alluded to, actually, a lot of this depends on being able to find the really compelling use cases. And I think that brings us back to education. And the thing about education is it is happening right now. Now, universities, um, high schools, technical colleges are using these applications every day. I don't know at what point we declare that it's mainstream, um, but it's, it's certainly becoming more and more common. The only thing I know about when the metaverse will come mainstream is that I have no idea because there's so much that we don't know. When, when I'm taking the analogy of the smartphone, like who would have guessed when they released the BlackBerry that we would use our smartphone to catch some Pokemons in the street? to uh, take a bike and go home, uh, to order food, um, to meet with other people. We can only imagine the use cases that we can relate to with the current technology, not the new use cases that will be created, which by definition we don't know about yet. So we will see. I I don't know, but that's certainly very exciting. It definitely is. Like Everything that you've said throughout this whole discussion, I mean... Yeah, it's just very exciting. It seems very, very revolutionary and just so futuristic. You know, it's something that you see in films. So I think there's a lot to look forward to and a lot to be excited about. Just as a a final, final question then, is there anything else that any of you want to add? You know, anything that you burning desire to get off your chest we've not covered yet or you've failed to mention so far? I might say one, which is we, we talked a lot about something that needs to be experienced. And I've seen it literally hundreds of times, people entering a room, having never tried VR, being on the back foot, grumpy, what are you doing here? And then just see the smile on their face when, when they take it off and suddenly becoming the greatest advocate. It is an experiential t- uh, technology. So if you haven't tried virtual reality, just go out and try. Simple as that. Yeah, to add on to this, um, you know, when we tested language learning in virtual reality, we had 30 students that took about 10 lessons each. And there was one stat that really made me think, which was that um, 91% of the participants actually said that this class was better than they expected. And I thought, oh, great, it was better than they expected. And then I thought about it and was like, huh, if I would have been 14 or 15, I would have been given a headset and I learned a language. I would have thought that this is pretty amazing. But the fact is that even they were surprised how good it was. Our challenge as the people who work in this industry is like, how do we make people understand that it's worth doing it, 
right? It's worth being in VR. And then let alone, for example, learn a language in VR and that this can be better than in reality. And this is a hard task if you don't have people who have never been in a headset. I 100% agree with all of that. And yeah, just a real plea to anyone who's listening to this, wondering what on earth we're talking about, go and try it out. One of the favorite things about my job is when you see an educator take that headset off for the first time and you just see this light bulb moment. Any sort of experience I find very quickly turns people who might have been cynics into enthusiasts for this technology. Well, I'm not saying I was cynical before, but I'm definitely far more enthusiastic than than I was before. So thank you very much. Consider me a convert. Thank you very much, all of you, for your time and for your great insight. Thank you for having us. Thanks. It was a pleasure. Thank you. That's it for the conversation. In our next episode, we'll be finally wearing the headset to get a fully immersive experience of the metaverse while answering your questions. I'm your host, James Thomas. This series is written and produced by Marta Rodriguez-Martinez. The theme music is by Leo Lebrun. Sound editing is by Guillaume Carroll, and sound mixing is by Mathieu Duchesne. Our editor-in-chief is Ali Isanadin. If you aren't already, you can listen to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving us a positive review and, of course, sharing it. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.